Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn. And I'm Andrea Ballard. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. On today's show, we're kicking off a month of regional treats from across our glorious country. From the Midwest to New England, from Texas to the Southwest, our country is a treasure trove of regional goodies, and we're taking a foodie tour. And I'll share a big international announcement you don't want to miss. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, do you recall our early days of meeting each other on the 24th floor when yes. we sat side by side in two cubicles? Like it was yesterday, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I was doing at that time was um, answering the help desk. And so yeah. you probably got a little bit tired of all day long hearing the phone ring and then help desk. This is Andrea. <laughs> but. I often look back on that job fondly. It was really one of my favorite jobs. I think my personality is just perfect for a help desk. Yes. um, Because I love problems and I love helping people and I love, um, you know, not thinking about work after I go home at night. So it's like I solved all their problems and then went home and started up again the next day. And it was really great. Right. Well, this week I had a little preheated help desk call. (laughs) Well, it wasn't from me. So no, it was mostly are. So exciting. It was from a listener. And so um, listener Mary Beth, I've mentioned Mary Beth before back in the episode when I talk about the pie crust that I made. Mary Beth is the um, recipe originator of that pie crust that I use. And so she's a great um, chef. And she had gone on a long plane trip and binge listened to Preheated and caught up on all the episodes while she was on the plane trip. So she had all of these questions built up. And it was so much fun. She called me. And I saw her call coming in, and, you know, I thought to myself, we're on the Pie Guild together. So I thought, oh, this is a, a Pie Guild question. And, you know, I said, hi, this is Andrea. And she says, oh, I, you know, I've just finished listening to all the preheated episodes, and I just have some questions and some comments. And is this <laughs> is this okay? And I was like, are you kidding? This is great. <laughs> so now I have to tell you, I just have, like, this desire that um, wouldn't it be fun if we had a hotline, you know, like that um, Butterball Turkey hotline they do on Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I've also harbored a secret dream to work the Butterball Turkey hotline. So I think this is something preheated should set as a a New Year's resolution for the second half of the year is to get a hotline. I think it would be so much fun. So listeners, if you have questions and you'd like to call us, let us know. And maybe we'll see if at the very least, maybe we can set up a a Google voicemail account or something where you could at least leave us a message. That Um, would be awesome. And you are, listeners, Andrea is so patient, and th- she's absolutely <laughs> right. The help desk, I would, when I remember listening to you answer the phone, I was astonished by your patience. You would be, I mean, I could tell, I could just tell the level of question, you know. Um, have you ever watched the IT crowd? It's one of my very favorite shows. It's a, no. a show from Great Britain, and it's about the, the help desk folks, um, basically, in a large corporation. You should check oh. it out, Andrea. That was written for me. I have got to check that out. Yes, but I, yes. um, And also, Andrea runs a really superb preheated help desk uh, for myself as well. And her very patient voice 
Stefan, do you see the large button in the left-hand corner? <laughs> no. The left-hand corner. <laughs> I'm like freaking out. So, oh, I love that story. That's great. Yeah, listeners, let us know if you would like to uh, just set up a hotline. I think that would be a fun thing to investigate. Well, and one of the things I wanted to share share from my phone call with Mary Beth was a great little tip she shared. Um, you and I talked about freezing whole pies and yeah. how much fun that would be and how we would just feel so prepared, you know, to reach into our chest freezer and just have it, you know, full of pies that we had spent time making earlier. Mary Beth freezes pies in little mason jars. So she always has single serve pies in her freezer. Mary Beth. Yeah. Yeah. So she said this has been something she's been doing for years. It's one of her favorite things to do. She uses the wide mouth one cup mason. Yep. And she just, you know, packs the crust in there. She says it doesn't care what what it looks like. You know, you just kind of take the scraps and the pieces is what she usually uses is the pieces left over from her regular pies. And then she puts the filling in. She screws the lid on tight. Pops it in the freezer, and then when she and her husband are ready for a piece of pie at night, she pulls it out of the freezer, puts it in the oven at 375, completely frozen. She said it takes generally around 45 minutes to an hour till it's done, and she said it's fabulous. So I am putting that on my list to try. Absolutely. This goes really well with your single-serving uh, molten fudge cakes that you keep, too. You've yes. got just a treasure trove in your your freezer here yes. soon. <laughs> I've, I've got this. I do have a drawer in my freezer. It has one of those pull-out drawers. And my husband did notice the other day that it has turned into the dessert drawer. I love it. As it should. As it, as should. it should. You know, this actually makes me think of something. I had a face-to-face conversation with listener Anne-Marie recently, and she had tried the egg scrambles in the mason jar that we tried. Oh. We had mentioned uh, last month. And she actually had a safety issue. I just wanted to to tell folks her jar split when she heated it up. So I'm not sure if she was using an older jar or what happened there. She wasn't sure either. But be careful. It cracked in the oven. And so maybe that's maybe the difference from taking it from very cold to a hot oven. It's just the, the glass couldn't stand it. You know, and it's unusual. She said, this is a canning jar. It goes in boiling water when you do a boiling water Um, canning bath. So she couldn't explain why, but I did just want to pass that along uh, in case other people were going to try those scrambled cups. She made a quantity of them and and most of them were fine. And she said it was delicious, but this one had had shattered and, and, you know, she couldn't eat it, obviously. So I had that exact same question for Mary Beth. And she said that not only has she never had the glass break, she uses the same glass jars over and over again. Like they're her pie jars. So maybe and they're tempered so, or something even. Who knows? Maybe. Or, you know, I mean, these days you never know. You can just get a bad something in a batch. So hopefully that's what happened to Anne-Marie and, and we won't have any problems with that. But I'm glad she caught it. Absolutely. And and also that the rest of the recipe was, was good and, and she thought it was right. a win. So <laughs> Okay. Hopefully. Well, yes. At least we did good. a little bit of good. Well, speaking of freezing desserts, Andrea, this is a very, very busy week in my house because my children have birthdays. They have birthdays five days apart. Note to self, next time I have children, (laughs) space them out. Yeah, you couldn't have worked on that scheduling a little bit better. Yeah. 
Um, I like to have babies uh, in the spring, apparently. Um, anyway, so it's a very busy week because um, I've got, you know, the birthday party for my son, then his actual birthday, then my daughter's actual birthday, then her birthday party. So um, and to cap it all off, this this year, I'm going to be at my college reunion in the days, like, literally right between their birthdays. So oh, great. It's a very busy week. So I am planning to make – Andrea, have you heard of a checkerboard cake? Um, what does that I, mean to you when I say that? So when you say that to me, what I immediately think of is a cake that's half chocolate cake, half vanilla cake, and somehow – sliced and assembled in a way to look like a um, tic-tac-toe or a checkerboard. Yes, bingo. I thought perhaps I was going to get off easy and he just wanted it decorated like a checkerboard, but no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So I, we were talking about it a few weeks ago. I said, "Hun, what do you want for your birthday cake? He said, I'd like a checkerboard cake. So the first thing that goes through my mind is, how do I make this? Followed closely by, where did you see or hear of a checkerboard cake? Like, <laughs> hey, even reading hey. my magazines? Who knows? I, I was just going to say, mommy's magazines are off limits, kiddo. Yes. So I've done a little bit of research. As with most things, of course, they now produce an actual kind of cake pan that will do the separating of the batters for you. But oh. I'm not really in a mood to stock up on that kind of one use because right. I, I do have the feeling this may be the first, last, and only checkerboard <laughs> cake I ever make. Right, right. But I did see on GoodHousekeeping.com, they have a method where you pipe the batter, like in a uh, Ziploc bag with the corner cut off, you pipe the batter in circles around the pan. So you're kind of making your own uh, di or diagram or your okay. own yeah. delineation of the, of the batter. So I think I'm going to try that. I will report back on how that worked out. My daughter's much easier. She's just asked for... Um, cupcakes. So, uh, but <laughs> with my schedule, I'm going to have to bake them up and then put them in the freezer and then and then drag them out for uh, for frosting on actual birthdays. But um, yeah, so oh, lots I've, of busy cake baking. I've never frozen cupcakes. Oh yeah, so I just I froze freeze cake and cupcakes and just the key thing. I wouldn't, you know, the the less time they're in the freezer, I think the better for quality. Mm -hmm. But I just wrap them up kind of ridiculously. Like I'll put them in. Saran, then tinfoil, then in a freezer bag. So it's oh, kind of okay. like three or four layers of of protection. There. Sealed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all told, they'll be in there for less than a week, I think. So Okay. But just a way to get ahead and then yeah, have my own little dessert dessert drawer in the free freeze well, freezer. <laughs> well, way to go. Um, good planning on your part and some great ideas about what to do. I have a, a dear friend who not only is it her two children's birthday in April, but also her and her wife's birthday. So all four of them in the family have April birthdays. And yeah. it's a very similar type thing where it's like, how are we gonna do this every year? Can we combine some? <laughs> And I always get to the end of birthday week, and I'm like, I'm never eating cake again. <laughs> I've had so much sweets. So, uh, oh, yeah. So, um, well, speaking of delicious cake, we are kicking off a month of regional treats. Andrea and I have thought it would be really fun in honor of May and kind of the start of summer, also Memorial Day, to take a foodie tour around our country and talk about some different treats that folks like to eat in all over all over the, the states. So we're going to start with one that's near and dear to my heart, and it is a St. Louis gooey butter cake. I went to college in Missouri. I'm, as I mentioned, going to my college reunion, so hoping to eat this in Missouri very soon. It's um, 
It's a recipe that has some historic, it's another depression era recipe, actually, Andrea, and is a way to use up, can be a way to use up like a used Danish or a purchased coffee cake. And then you add another layer of like a white cake to the top. So this recipe that we're going to try is... um, kind of funny as many things hip these days it comes actually not from st louis proper sorry missourians it comes from a restaurant in brooklyn that is a midwestern restaurant in brooklyn for all the folks in brooklyn missing their roots Um, and it's called made by molly it's in brooklyn and it was reprinted in the new york times andrea have you eaten or made a st louis gooey butter cake before No, I had never heard of this, and you suggested this, and I love the title. Um, (laughs) I've only been to St. Louis once in my life, and my memory, my food memory from there is that um, people kept making me try fried ravioli. Oh, those are so good, too. Yeah, which I didn't have a problem with. I mean, that was was fine, but that's the only thing I remember kind of being special to that region. So I'm I'm bummed out that I missed out on this cool-sounding cake, but now I get a chance to try it, so... Yeah, and my experience has been um, my friend, my good friend Leanne, her mom, she makes a really good one. And it's just kind of one of those things that you just, you're at a potluck, you're at a family gathering, like someone has brought the gooey butter cake. Um, and okay. I love that it's, it's it started as a way to kind of use up leftovers. And um, this recipe that we're doing, you make your own yeast um, dough for the bottom, and then you, okay. it's kind of like a cake batter for the top. And um, yeah, if in a good in a good butter cake, you should really have just a gooey, gooey layer. Um, yeah, 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 I'm really excited. I've never made it; I've only eaten it. So excited yeah. to try this one. And um, kicking off our regional eats right in the dead center of the of the country, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm excited. Um, Listeners, if you're like me, you'd never heard of this and never seen it. Um, Obviously, we'll post the recipe. But another thing that I found helpful, because reading the recipe, I I was um, struggling a little bit, just like, what does this look like? And I actually found the Wikipedia article on (laughs) St. Louis gooey butter cake to be quite interesting and with a good photo. So um, if you are wanting to try and make this and you're kind of wanting to learn a little bit more before you do it, take a look at Wikipedia as well. And we'll include a link to that in the show notes. That sounds great. Well, moving on from the Midwest by quite a bit, Andrea. (laughs) Listeners, I have a really big international announcement that I'm thrilled to be able to share with you. Um, My family and I are moving to London. And I know it's finally coming. Uh, My husband has accepted a job in the UK and we will be moving uh, sometime in June. That's still um, a little bit up in the air, but we will be there for two years. And um, of course, one of the first things I thought was, can I still do the podcast? And the answer is an unequivocal yes. (laughs) I like your priorities. I mean, you're contemplating an international move with your family and immediately you think about the podcast. You're such a good friend. I well, love because, it. because really, like, it goes hand in hand with another of my first thoughts was like, oh, my gosh, like a world of great food yet, yet again, you know, opening up. So um, we're very excited to be able to continue to do the show. And I think we're going to have just a lot of fun content um, as I am baking, as I'm using the metric system, as I'm encountering ingredients that I n- don't know about or haven't tried before. So we're really excited about that. And if all goes well, we'll start our uh, London studios will open in July. So we will be hey. we will be doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
I am super excited about this. Um, when I learned about this a little while ago, one of the the first thoughts that came to my mind, I had a dear friend who moved to Germany a couple of years ago, and I was really worried at first that I would lose touch with her. And what I found was the opposite happened. Because we had to schedule our phone calls, um, we actually did a better job of staying in touch because, yes. you know, we had to figure out who was going to take the morning and who was going to take the evening. <laughs> and we put it on the calendar and it was something I would look for forward to and I would save little articles or things that I had seen or things that I wanted to talk to her about. So, um, I mean, of course, I'm thrilled the podcast is continuing, but most of all, I'm thrilled that I know we'll be staying in touch. And um, I just can't wait to hear about your adventures and, of course, the food adventures you're going to go through Aww, in the UK. Thank so, you. I so feel, exciting. too, that it's, um, you know, moving to a new place can be lonely and frightening. And um, I did live in England for a time in college, but not in London proper. And certainly, I've never moved to another country with my family before. Um, so I'm really holding on to the podcast and with chats with you as a as a really great way to stay connected and um, yeah. yeah. So. Well, and you know, with dealing with all that stress, I say um, baked goods are really going to be your friend <laughs> <laughs> during during um, some of the most stressful moments. I think pubs <laughs> might be my friend too, but well, <laughs> well, that's we'll right. That reminds me, I um, so I have never lived in London, but I was fortunate enough on um, one of my work assignments, I got to stay in London for about a three-week period. Ooh, nice. And the firm that I was working for put me in a beautiful hotel right at the foot of Tower Bridge. And I was able to walk to work every day. And um, the thing that was so shocking to me is we would go to lunch at the pub and people would drink beer at lunch. Oh, and yeah. It mm -hmm. just... It just threw me for a loop, especially, you know, kind of in my human resources world. I'm like, oh, we're drinking at lunch. Yeah. Um, of course, I needed a nap after that because, you know, I'm just not used to it. But um, these people had no problem. They were still highly productive and effective in the afternoon. And everyone had a great time. And it was just lovely people. And I had such a great time. So I'm super excited for you. Thank you. We're we're but, excited too. And listeners, I think you will probably be hearing, you know, as we as we kind of wrap up our life here in Seattle for a little bit and and are transitioning, you're going to hear a lot of uh, just travel moving updates yes. from me too. So. Yes. Yes. Well, and another great reason why uh, we're doing a regional food tour month so that you can say goodbye to all of your favorite <laughs> foods. Um, it's, it's Steph's farewell foodie tour. That's right. Exactly. Now, Stefan, before you move, though, okay. um, I have decided that you do need a quiz to see <gasps> if you are ready to bake in Britain. Oh. And oh, I, know, I know how much you love your magazines, and there's always a quiz in the magazines. And <laughs> I, I just, I thought to myself, as soon as you told me you were moving, I thought to myself, oh, I've got to make a quiz for her. Oh, so, oh I'm stressed out. <laughs> No, no, it's going to be fabulous. So I reached out to this wonderful group on Facebook. They're called the Baking Buddies. There are 2,500 people strong, and almost everyone is in the UK. And I posted a message, you know, kind of explaining who I was and the fact that you were moving. And I asked them about, you know, the big differences between U.S. baking and, and U.K. baking. So I got, <gasps> yeah, I just got yeah. some awesome, awesome responses. And so here you go. Okay. We're, starting, we're starting off easy, so okay. don't panic. Okay. Question one. In the UK, they're called sultanas. In the US, we call them, is it A, mandarin oranges, B, golden raisins, or C, red currants? I think it's your favorite, raisins. 
Ding, ding, ding. Yay. <laughs> All right. So you're off to a strong, strong start. Maybe I can yeah. send you some um, British sultanas, Andrea. Uh, needless to say, I was really thrilled to learn this because I thought, what if you had tried to sneak in on me like a sultana pie or a sultana cake? And I got all excited. And you'd be like, and wow, what is this? Right. By the way, a quick hat tip to listener Anne and listener Christy. It's totally okay that you guys love raisins. I know most people do. I fully admit I'm the weird one. So, <laughs> all right. Question two. In the UK, it's called icing sugar. In the US, we call it, is it A, powdered sugar? Is it B, superfine sugar? Or C, granulated sugar? I think it's confectioner sugar or powdered sugar. Oh, perfect. Oh, very good. All right, you're two for two. Okay. Okay, you're totally ready. I mean, you might earn your apron. Okay, here's where we get a little technical. Okay, okay. Question three. So many of our recipes in the U.S. start with preheat your oven to 350 degrees. When you're cooking in your new kitchen in London, will that mean A, 150 degrees Celsius or gas mark 2, B, 180 degrees Celsius or gas mark 4, or C, 200 degrees Celsius or gas mark 6? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so just a quick aside, when I lived in England, we had a gas oven and you had to like stick your head in, turn the thing on, stick your head in and like light it. And it was terrifying. I was I was just always just beside myself when I had to turn that thing on. So I have no idea. Like I, I have, can't even remember. I'm, I think it's gas mark four. Ding, 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 oh, ding. Yes. Yes. And the, and the actual Celsius conversion is 177, but my, my baking buddies told me that most people just say 180. So, And the, uh, the kind of the only reason I can say that is that just when I read my British magazines, it, it just it's the common one, just like 350 oh, is here. So yeah. it's like, guess mark four, guess mark four. You just see it a lot. So, okay. Oh, guess mark six must be what, like a 400 then? Like 450, yes. like a broil or something? Really it, hot then. Yeah, it, I did 300, 350, and 400. Okay, those okay. Are the, those are the equivalents. Yeah, so okay. you're doing great. Okay, okay. I okay. only have one more question. Okay, so you're, okay. I got to get 100. Already, you've already won the quiz. You're already three for four. <laughs> okay. In the U.S., we have many celebrity bakers. So I bet if I said a first name, you would know who these people are. Okay. So, for example, if I said Martha, you would say? Stuart. Julia. Child. And Betty. Crocker. Okay. So you totally okay. know your U.S. I'm a U.S. citizen. <laughs> you know your U.S. celebrity bakers. Oh, oh. Let's see if you know your U.K. celebrity chefs. Okay. So, Nigella. Lawson. Woo! Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You didn't even have to think about that. I even know where she lives. <laughs> Not Are in a creepy the- stalker way. Just like yes. I know the neighborhood she lives in. Yes. Okay. 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 Nigella Lawson. Love her. Love her. Love her. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know Nigella, she's a beautiful and quite famous celebrity chef. She has her own TV show, Nigella Bites. She's written a lot of books. Um, she started with How to Eat. But I think the book Stefan would be most interested in, um, both because of the title and the fact that it's focused on baking, is her book How to Be a Domestic Goddess. Love it. Oh, so you love might want to check Nigella. that out. <laughs> Nigella is I, – I really appreciate her. Her stuff is really good. But you know what? She loves to eat. She, I, she's unabashed about, like, the mm-hmm. pleasure that food brings her. And I, yes. I really appreciate that because for me too. Yeah. Oh, love it. Okay, Nigella Lawson. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Gosh. Okay, number two. 
I just, Dang. you know, just this isn't really what? food related, but just to like interrupt <laughs> you a moment, like I'm Facebook friends with like Annie Lennox. So, you know, I'm like up wow. on the good celebs. So. Oh, gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Okay. I've got I've got two more. So okay. don't get too big for your Bridget. Okay. Nutt, Missy. So, I know. I know. <clears throat> Jamie. Oliver. Bam. Gosh, you are good. Okay, well, so Jamie has the BBC show, The Naked Chef, um, but you may not know his first job was he was a pastry chef in an Italian restaurant. I did not know that. Yeah, so he has good baking roots. Um, So do you happen to know why his uh, show is called The Naked Chef? I, I don't know that either. Although I do have a Naked Chef cookbook. It seems like it would might have said in there. <laughs> so uh, it has nothing to do with a lack of clothing. Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, because that, that sounds both unsafe and unsanitary. And they're, they're quite modest in the UK. So. <laughs> um, from everything I've read, it, it they said it, the producers already had the name of the show when they approached him. And they said that it had to do with his simple approach to cooking. So. Okay. Okay. There we go. Okay. Here's... Here's the last one. And if if you get this is really extra credit. I think Oof. this is really hard. So if you get this. <laughs> oh no. If you get this, I'm just putting you on a plane and you're leaving right away. <laughs> okay, get ready. <laughs> Delia. Oh, Delia. Doesn't she just go by Delia? Well, kind of. I mean, she's kind of like Oprah. Yeah, she's so well known by just her first name. I don't know her last name. Okay, that's okay. But you have heard of her. Yes. Okay, well, tell us what you know. She writes a column in my Woman's Own magazine. Okay, so it's Delia Smith. Smith, okay. That's kind of a hard name to remember. I think it's called just like Notes from Delia. Or like that's why I just am not – and it's it's she's kind of just kind of irreverent and funny, and then yes. um, she's I don't know she's more like a preheated gal. Like she would buy yes. a store bought thing if if she wanted to, or absolutely you know, make it from scratch if not. And okay, Delia Smith, thank yeah, you. She she reminded me I had not heard of her, so it wasn't until I was reading um, on this that she reminded me the most personality and cooking style of Julia Child, just that no nonsense, down to earth kind of thing. Um, she had a TV show called How to Cook, and one of the things that I found so interesting is um, there was an actual phenomenon they documented from her TV show, and they called it the Delia Effect, which was if she did her cooking show, for example, on a Tuesday night, in in the show, she used an omelet pan and made the comment of like, oh, I love this little omelet pan. I picked it up at Sainsbury's or whatever. The next day, all the stores would completely sell out of it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So she's um, a they, cultural force to be reckoned with. Exactly. So I felt it was important that you know who she is. And then I love this um, little little known fact about her um, on the Rolling Stones album, Let It Bleed, which came out in 1969. And I don't know if you know album covers, but it has a cake on it. She actually baked that cake. So she was, she was completely unknown back then, and it's a beautiful cake. So I'll, I'll put a link to that and put a, <laughs> put a photo in our show notes because I just thought that was a super fun fact. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Oh, my uh, gosh. What a grill, Andrea. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the baking buddies people for, for helping out. And that feels so welcoming and fun. I'm going to have to go check out that, that Facebook page now, too. Yes. And I thought I would share with you a few other tips that they wanted me to give you um, because they are just such a friendly and welcoming group. Um, They said, number one, bring your supplies. And they gave the example that if you go to the store and you ask where the semi-sweet chocolate is, that people will say, what's that? (laughs) Um, 
And I don't know if she meant chocolate chips or just semi-sweet chocolate in general. So you'll have to follow up on that with this. Okay. Um, she said they don't have cake flour but okay. um, because everyone just makes their own by yep. tossing in a little bit of cornstarch. Um, and then she said language. Uh, one, one reader said language was one of the biggest barriers. And she gave this example that I thought was so cute. A graham cracker is a digestive biscuit. Jam <laughs> is jelly. And jelly is jello. <laughs> So I thought, wouldn't that be funny if, you know, you were at a store and or at a, a place having breakfast and, you know, you were trying to get some jelly for your toast and instead they came out with this bowl of jello. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I'm wanting. You know, they're giving this puzzled look like, you're sure you want jelly with your toast? Well, okay. <laughs> and of course, just pudding just encompasses dessert. So what's for pudding is a common thing you would say. And it wouldn't be, oh. you wouldn't expect just like a bowl of chocolate pudding. You would expect that's just what your dessert will be. And I, I think that, you know, we did our whole puddings and custards month, just kind of those more old fashioned custards is maybe what they they started as. But it's just more of a way to say, hey, what's for dessert? What's for pudding? Okay. Well, see, this is only the beginning, listeners, of all the fun things we're going to learn. So we've got um, a couple of more months of Stefan here in the States with us saying goodbye to the foods that she loves. So that's semi-sweet chocolate. <laughs> and um, I also wanted to offer to be your mail person if you need emergency rations, chocolate chips, uh, cake flour. Just let me know. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'll, put oh. in a, I'll put in a call to the preheated helpline. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like the bat phone yes (laughs) yeah maybe we can get one of those um what are those cute uh phone booths they have you know the red (gasps) oh uh, my gosh i'm thinking of all kinds of publicity stills (laughs) already that would be fun well the timer's buzzed and we've got to get to the dishes join us next week as we continue our month of regional desserts from all over the usa with a stop in new england for a classic boston cream pie We'll discover what makes this the official state dessert of Massachusetts, as well as why they insist on calling this cake a pie. Special thanks, as always, to Anne-Marie Russell for providing our theme music. You can find Anne-Marie at annemarierussell.com and download her albums on iTunes and Amazon. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, on Facebook and Pinterest. You can also download us on iTunes, where we'd love it if you subscribed to the show and gave us a five-star review, both of which will help others find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.